State of Wales has our special this morning. Lord, I'm glad you didn't let me look ahead To see the trials I would have to face I would have lived my life caught up in fear and dread And missed a lot of joy along the way On this journey I have had my share of tears Lonely days when it was hard to understand But you'd whisper to me gently, child, I'm here And I knew that you were holding to my hand Every step that I have taken Every valley I've walked through I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken Every step draws me closer, Lord, to you. Every step brought me closer, Lord, to you. I have known a peace that I cannot explain. When everything around me fell apart For your promises brought hope within my pain That you would heal the wounds inside my heart When my feet could not go on another mile For the road had left me tired and oh so weak I would hear you whisper, child, come rest a while Then you'd hold me close and weep along with me Every step that I have taken Every valley I've walked through I have seen that your grace cannot be shaken Every step brought me closer, Lord to you, every step that I have taken, every valley I've walked through, I have seen that your grace cannot 
be shaken every step brought me closer Lord to you every step brought me closer to you Thank you, Miss Betty, and uh, just uh, wonderful. Appreciate each and every one so much. Uh, had a <clears throat> uh, someone comment the other day about a young person that wasn't a parent yet. The last message was on parenting, and and I uh, said, "Well, these messages, Dad, just don't apply to me." So <laughs> it one of my my kids, and uh, I said, "Well." I said, it, it teaches you about how to deal with people. One day you'll be a parent. And uh, so it, it does. All of these messages teach you, especially today's message, you think, well, uh, grandparenting is a pretty narrow topic. But what a couple of surprising things that surprised me as I studied this out and was really uh, surprised and very interested to see what the Bible had to say. Number one, the Bible has a lot to say about grandparents. And so that really surprised me. And uh, how much more than what I already knew and was aware of in the Bible. But also, it has to do with uh, how to be an awesome example. And so we can all be examples, and we can all adopt. Uh, we may not even have a grandkid, but whether you adopt a kid or have a grandkid, uh, you can adopt them. You can be a mentor to somebody. You can be an example. I've mentioned the importance of family I've mentioned the importance of uh, of our families being strong and how that if our churches, our church or any church, doesn't stand for the families and the strengthening of our families, then uh, churches get weak, as the families do. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Proverbs chapter 17, verse 6. If you'll stand for the reading of God's holy word, just one verse. But uh, this verse is very powerful when it comes to grandparents. <clears throat> and again, even if you're not a grandparent, this message is for you because you can mentor somebody. You can be an example to somebody and also how to treat uh, people. It says here, children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children are their fathers. Let's pray. Father. May we find strength and direction from your holy word this morning. And I thank you for everybody that's responded well to this series based upon your holy word. May you strengthen all of our families today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you know, whether, whether you uh, have kids or not, or grandkids or whatever the case may be, Realizing that if we're going to be a, and it means an awesome grandparent, a great grandparent, I think that you need to do it with a sense of humor. I think humor, even the Bible mentions God laughing, and uh, he laughs, and so he, he does have a sense of humor. And so just speaking of having a sense of humor, I want to ask Trey to share a very short video with you. 
All right. You always got to do it with a sense of humor. So have a sense of humor. You know, do it with a sense of humor. I love humor. I ran across several articles about, uh, my, I remember so many practical jokes that my grandfather played upon me, and, and uh, he had a great sense of humor. That was on my mom's side, my dad's side. He, he didn't really have a sense of humor, didn't really ever try to. But, you know, and I ran across some neat things. And, uh, matter of fact, every grandparent, or excuse me, most grandparents that I've run across have said this, I wish I just could have had grandkids first. They're so much fun. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the, uh, my father-in-law said to me, he said, the greatest thing about grandkids is the headlights and the taillights. So, you know, they come and then they, we, yay, bye, there they go. Uh, oh, they go away. You know, and so, you know, and there's this another interesting statement I've shared with others that uh, grandparents have something that God will never have. Grandkids. Ever thought about that? That's a very interesting thought to think about. Also, I love to think about humorous things that have happened in stories with grandparents I've run across. Uh, matter of fact, our daughter, oldest daughter, Taylor, she asked Nana, Karen's mom, one day, said, Nana, what was it like to live in the Old Testament? And so, you know, they have a, they just really don't have a concept of time when they're four, you know, so... Grandchildren will ask you all kinds of questions. Matter of fact, uh, one particular grandfather that had a sense of humor, uh, one grandson asked his father, well, granddad, how old are you? And he said, well, son, I don't know if you know this, but they print your age and the tag on your underwear. Well, that four-year-old immediately looked and he looked and he said, yep, it says I'm four to six right here. And so he said, Granddad, what size underwear do you have? And uh, so he asked him that. There was one time a granddaughter that, at, that had learned her colors. She was in pre-kindergarten or ever what exact age. And so the grandmother said, you know what, I need to test her. And she said, the grandma said, I would point out something and ask what color it was. And she would tell me, and, and she, it kind of was fun. You wanted to see what color she knew. And so she would point, the grandparent uh, ma would point to different things. And, and finally, the young granddaughter was exasperated and said, uh, Grandma, I think you need to work on these yourself so you'll know these one day. I'm getting tired of pointing these out to you. So then a little bit older young person went went home and and I was a latchkey kid I know because of my parents divorce uh you know I we depended so much on my mom's parents we did and they picked me up and different things and we just it was a team effort there were several years there that it was just my mom so just a single so we depended a lot on my granny and my granddad and so I, I can really relate to this, you know, because, you know, you got two different generations. There's just not one generation difference in, in your grandkids, two generations there. And this second grade, second grader came home and said, uh, Grandma, well, we learned today at school how to make babies. And uh, so that uh, grandmother tried to hide her surprise and shock. And she said, you did. She said, yes, it's really easy. You just take the B-A-B-Y, you drop the Y, and add I-E-S. 
and you have babies right there. So the grandma went, whoo, and uh, so you just got to have a sense of humor whenever you're dealing with kids. You got to roll with the flow and with the punches. And uh, so, but also, did you know the Bible, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, you have uh, orders. Did you know God gives you orders? And we're going to look at some of these this morning. And uh, let's start off in Psalm 78, verse 4. Very powerful set of orders. Having a mandate means God wants you to do something. I just don't know what is my job as a parent or grandparent. Well, I've got, you've got orders here from the creator of the universe. What are my orders? Psalm 78, verse 4 says this. We will not hide them, talking about the words of God, from their children, showing to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He hath done. For He has established a testimony in Jacob, that's Israel, and appointed a law in Israel, which He commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them. Even the children which should be born, notice that future tense there, which should arise and declare them to their children, grandkids in other words, that verse 7, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. Folks, we have a mandate to not let our kids forget to raise them in church, to show them the, the things of God's Word. Let's go to the book of Joel, uh, chapter 1 and verse 3. Joel, chapter 1 and verse 3. It just simply says this, Tell your children of it, and let your children what? Tell their children. So in other words, it's something that we should encourage. What? The truths of God's holy Word. That you and I would know that we have an official mandate from God that we're not only responsible for raising our kids, but according to God's holy word, that we have, we have to share not only with others, but our kids and our grandkids. When we're talking about grandkids, this is a very interesting thing. I jotted it down. I think I may have put it in the bulletin. Grandparents give grandkids roots, and grandchildren give grandparents renewal. It's kind of like a fresh start. You know, we can, uh, there's, and I preached, and I preached this before about being a, a parent. We're going to make mistakes. We're not going to be perfect. We're going to try our very best with the help of God that we can just raise our kids and have an impact upon them. And they may be like the prodigal. They may go off and do things that's not pleasing to you and not pleasing to God. But we're praying for them. We're loving them. We may not love the things they do. We'll get to that a little bit later on. But we have this mandate from God to to give... uh, uh, protection, to give instruction, to give advice with common sense. And it gives us a second chance because when grandkids come along, it seems like, well, we, we've got now, it's kind of like that old saying, have you ever said this? I've said it. Boy, if I knew then, 
what I know now, but with grandkids you do. See, you done raised a whole generation. You know, your kids are on up in age, and you've got it. You you know, and you're going to be a little different. It's kind of like that Bill Cosby uh, uh, com- comedian act whenever he said, you know, whenever he asked his dad for 50 cents one time, he had a 35-minute lecture on how to work and how to do a living and how to... And then he says, my grandkids asking... He just whips out a $5 bill. He said, that's not the same man I was raised with. Okay? He just, I mean, no lecture at all. Just gives the grandkids ten times more than I ever got. And so that's not the same guy. But we we have a different perspective as grandparents. I'm not, there are several people in here that are my age and younger that have grand, they've got a head start on me, that have grandkids already. But I've seen it especially from the way my parents are deal with my kids, and of course my experience with my grandparents, and all of us in here uh, generally have fond memories of our grandparents. You know, even like Karen's grandparents, she's always been separated by great distance. Some people grew up right beside their grandparents. She's always had a great distance, but the trips they made out to San Antonio and North Carolina were memorable. And as a grandparent, you can make them memorable. Let's move on to quickly to leaving a legacy. Again, we've got a lot of room to cover and just want to get through this. I want to give you some things from God's Word that you can think about, that you can take heart in. In Titus chapter 2, verse 1, you can leave a legacy. It says here, But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine, that the aged men be sober... And that just means to be, to be, take your job seriously. Uh, grave, temperate, <clears throat> sound in the faith and charity, love, that is, and patience. The aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, which means not addicted to anything. Anybody can be addicted, not just women, but men addicted to anything. Teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, again, taking their jobs seriously. Notice this, teaching the young women to love their husbands and to love their children. Did you know that I've met parents before that really didn't know how to be a parent? Because maybe they just didn't get a good example from their parents. And so there will be a generation skipped and you'll see, uh, folks, I've seen it, and some of y'all have too. People that had kids, and they weren't ready, weren't prepared, or either, A, they weren't raised in a way that they were prepared. And so then they become a parent, and they're like, and you know what I do? And I just, I don't even know how to love them. I don't even know how to take care of them. There are people, you, and folks, especially in a church family, you can mentor people to help them and encourage them. Just like we had this thank you note here to love a family that's just had a lot of needs. And we loved them, we helped them, and lo and behold, if um, Daisy didn't get saved, and uh, that's awesome to hear, finally reached age of accountability. But think about all the grandparents and, and anybody anybody older that you looked up to. You may, may have, Maybe it was an uncle. You know, somebody that really went overboard. It doesn't even have to be your grandparent. It could be somebody else that you was older, you looked up to, that took time with you. There's definite examples in the Bible about how Eli did with Samuel and how that affected him. How David did with Solomon and how that affected him. 
Think of the example you have. And some of y'all told me stories of your grandparents, and that is precious memories. Who took me on my first squirrel hunt where I killed a squirrel? My granddad. Who cooked that first squirrel and fried it as a, just a little bitty cat squirrel that I killed with my 410? And I've still got that 410. And Granny fried that little bitty cat squirrel up and I ate the whole thing all by myself. I said, yes, arise, kill and eat. Yes, that's what the Bible says. So that's what I did. You know, and he was interested in me. The example that you set, the example that you have, who took me to my first ever college basketball game? My granddad did. Who bought me after I surrendered to preach my very first set of commentaries? My granddad did. And whenever he was laying in the hospital bed and I had to go back to seminary, and I told him bye, and he's... He said, son, hold on a second. He lifted his hand toward me as I stood in the doorway. I'd already given him a hug, told him I loved him. He lifted his hand and he said, son, God bless you in your ministry. I said, thank you, granddad. I love you. I walked out. That was the last words he ever spoke to me. He died soon thereafter from the, the cancer that he had. See, leaving a legacy, an example that you want to set based upon God's holy word. Folks, God can do great things through you. If you're a parent or a grandparent, let's, God can do great things. Let's head to the book of Ruth, chapter 4. Got to move quickly. <clears throat> book of Ruth, chapter 4. Neat things said about these grandkids here. Kids and grandkids, Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. The word of God says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he had went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. And the women said unto Naomi, which was, of course, Ruth's uh, mother-in-law, Blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman that his name may be famous in Israel. And he, talking about the Son, shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life, because some of our kids, and this, folks, don't make them, and we'll get to that in just a second on practical advice, don't live your life through your kids, you just cherish their life. Okay? Because it says, a nourisher of thine old age. That's pretty cool, isn't it? For thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons, hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom. And uh, we see this great example here. She became nursing it, and the women and her neighbors said, There's a son born to Naomi, in verse 17. And they called his name Obed, and he was the father of Jesse, which was the father of David. Someone once said this, be nice to your kids. One day they'll pick your nursing home. <laughs> okay? And, uh, th and that, that's true a lot of times. Even though we say, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm told them we don't, I don't want a nursing home. And many people went the extra mile to be a parent or a grandparent. It's tough. Many times the same 
You know, we we are raised by our parents and then we turn around and take care of them in their old age. What has God planned for Naomi in this passage? That Well, that she was going to have an opportunity to be a, a grandparent of a great nation. That's pretty cool. And then I think about 2 Timothy 1.5, which talks about Timothy. And, you know, I think about Timothy being a young preacher. And I think about the, exa- the example of what Paul said here and uh, how he described it in 2 Timothy 1.5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, talking to Timothy, in other words, the real faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, and thy, and thy mother Eunice, I am persuaded that is in thee also. You're, we're talking about what God can do. You never know how God is going to use your kids or your grandkids. That's what I see in this passage. That you can pray that God would do great things. George McCluskey, very famous preacher, uh, well, really, he's not famous. He just prayed that God would use his kids and his grandkids. His son turned out to be Dr. James Dobson, a great uh, uh, on the ra- personality on the radio, Christian, and just standing for families, focused on the family for many years. And now he and his son, Ryan, are off doing the same thing. So George's prayers answered doubly over. I think about my parents' prayer for me. And just keeping me safe in the ministry and protecting me. And how that God's blessed the preaching of His Word through just a servant. And that's all I try to be as a servant for the Lord. And then I, I think about other people. What desire do you want to have? You know, Roy Chapman, I put this quote up on here. I, heard, I wrote this down many times in seminary class back in 1986. And, I, and he said, consistency... He would say this, consistency, thou art a jewel. That's the way he would say it. Inconsistency is like a cancer. Why is that? As you're raising your kids and you're being an example to your grandkids, they can spot hypocrisy a mile away. Your kids and grandkids, are you cannot put anything over for them. You might can fool them when they're four, but by 14, that fooling's over with. Okay, they they'll see your life. They'll see how you treat others. They'll see how you live at home. They'll see when you slip up, when you mess up, you better. And I've told you respect and I preach this is in the Bible. Respect is a two way street because it's given and it's earned. And they see that and be big enough to apologize when you make mistakes. Even to your kids and your grandkids, it'll gain their respect. And they'll see they're real. My parents are real. They're teaching me what to do. And even I see them, even when they mess up, they apologize. They get it right. And, they, and we see that. And they'll be able to, folks, the way you have a relationship with your parents and your grandparents will reflect on how they have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. Have you ever thought about that? You're, you set a pattern. The way you treat your kids and your grandkids sets a pattern for how you treat, how they'll treat their heavenly father and their children and so on. Consistency, thou art a jewel. Why? Because it uplifts integrity and honesty. And they, and they see that. They see you are real. 
You don't live a life of hypocrisy. You don't live a life of one thing and another thing. Matter of fact, what does James say? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, which means you're one way this way and one way another way. Moving on quickly. What about grandparents raising grandkids? We don't really see this addressed in the Bible, but there are some principles in the Bible God is a God of a second chance. Now, sometimes, now I know there's all sorts of situations. Now, there's some situations where a, a, your child and you, you did your best, you know you made mistakes, it doesn't matter. That, you know, and I've preached this for, forever since I've been here. Don't, you cannot change the past. All of us mess up. I don't care whether you've been married or divorced a thousand times or you had kids or you didn't have kids or you made mistakes as you wish you'd better parent. It doesn't matter now. What matters is say, yes, what can I do better now? How can I give my marriage, my relationships, my kids that I have right now? Because I can't wallow in self-pity in the past. I have to say, what can I do now and give it to God? Because you can't. You can't change the past. You can't correct. You can only learn from it. And God teaches that in His Word. And He is the God of a second chance. You know, some kids, the only chance they have may be their grandparents. Maybe their kids are choosing a selfish life. And what that means is they're not, they don't put into their kids. They're maybe putting into themselves. You say, well, but sometimes you've seen it. And it could be because maybe the parents are their work situation or their health situation. That's a different story. Again, grandparents can step up. Somebody step up and raise those kids. Anybody, please. Step up. Be a mentor to somebody. Grandparents' involvement is key for community, for connection, heritage, and legacy. Because, again... You're being an example to others. Some practical advice quickly I want to give. A lot of this is from experience working with my own parents, my own grandparents, and I've seen it in so many other families. That is setting a godly example. First of all, I just want to fly through these scriptures. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, provoke not your children in wrath, but raise them in nurture and admonition of the Lord. Which basically we're going to talk about in just a second. Don't provoke your children. Don't, don't run them away from God by being legalistic or uh, dictatorship. Remember I told you there's two extremes on parenting. Whether you're a parent or a grandparent, there's two extremes. Authoritarianism, one end just being a dictator style. And then the other just permissive, just... That's not love on either end. It's a balance. First uh, Peter uh, three two and four. This is talking about uh, a saved woman being married to a lost man. But we have the example here, and what it says in this verse is First <clears throat> Peter uh, chapter <clears throat> three and verse two. While they behold your chaste conversation, your manner of living, be an example. And then it says in verse four. So let it be of the hidden man in the heart, which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, a great price, which means this. means if I'm going to be an example to my kids or my grandkids, I've seen sometimes 
parents and grandparents both, that they just beat their kids over the head, or grandkids over the head with the Bible, not literally, but they just said, repent, repent, repent. And it's, but there was no balance of love. There was no showing of love there. And that, that both those scriptures, everyone, those three scriptures I just gave you, out of God's holy word says, let it be the hidden man of the heart that they see your life and they see your love, but you're taking a strong stand for what's right, but with love, balanced with love, that you don't, you cannot, I don't care how many of you have ever tried to feed a baby some super sweet, super green vegetable stuff, and they go this way. You know, and, and of course, if you ever looked in the mirror, what are we doing? You know, you're doing your mouth trying to get them to do it. You know, but I guarantee you, you can, sometimes they will clam up. And, you know, I've took all three of mine and tried to, Tried to work those cheeks even. It just sometimes those gums hold tight. And they don't want to open up. Same way with the Word of God. Give it to them in palatable doses. Doses that they can handle without shoving it down their throat. Don't berate or belittle your kids or grandkids. Don't put them on guilt trips. I'm big on this. I've uh, I've seen this time and time. You don't. That's not the. That's not. You don't find any example of that in the Bible. That you say, well, well, y'all just never ever come see us, and we're just. I mean, we're 87 years old. At least you could come see us every now and then. You just don't care, do you? <laughs> Uh, you know, and that's just a, a trivial example of it. there's been a ton of parents and grandparents that try to use guilt on their kids. That that example's not in the Bible anywhere. What you need to do, according to the example, Philippians 2, 3, make life about them. And this does not mean bend to their will. It means be interested in what interests them. Philippians 2, 3 says this, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. That'll do the guilt trip right there. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other people. That means be better than themselves. You know what that means? Be interested in others. If you, and folks, that works with your kids, grandkids, or if you just want a friend. Find out what somebody else is. Don't stop talking about yourself. And, well, I tell you what, back in the day, this, 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 the kids ain't interested in that. What you need to do is get you an iPhone and say, can you teach me how to use this? And they will just fall in love, think you're the awesomest grandparent ever. I just what? But you know what I mean. That's a simple example of saying what interests them, and find out and say, I want to. I want them to know I care. I love them. And that verse teaches that. And then, lastly, love your kids and love your grandkids without regard. But take a stand against sin. Now, I've dealt with this on numerous occasions. I think about the example of the prodigal son. He didn't come right and get right with his father until he made things right by confessing his sin. Now, this is tough. How do you do this? How do you tell your kids 
that you love them, but don't approve of their lifestyle. And it could be every, anything from saying, no, you can't come into my house drinking. No, I, I don't approve of you uh, living together. I don't approve of, of even today, you know, homosexuality. I don't approve of that. Uh, you know, how do you do that? It's going to take a, it's going to really have to be a decision between you and God. I can't tell you how to do it. Really? Matter of fact, that reminds me of some, a lot of uh, times I'll have a, a counseling session with uh, a couple that's struggling in marriage. And a lot of times, the only reason they come to see me, especially if they're having problems, is they want to get the preacher's authorization that it's okay to divorce. And I've never given that authorization. Even whenever I think that, you know, if it's just, just a horrible situation. But I can't do that. What it's going to come down to, it's going to come down between you getting on your knees and saying, God, how do you want me to handle this? Between my kids or my grandkids or whatever. And saying, and there, there's, there's fine lines everywhere. There's gray areas everywhere. And by those gray areas, what I mean is, is you can still show love, but disapprove of sin. But the permissive says, well, I don't want to lose them. But you, according to God's word, now right out of the mouth, this is, I'm just going to tell you, it's not Michael Reese's advice. This is Jesus' advice. Y'all ready? This is tough. This is, this scripture that I'm about to share with you is one of the most difficult scriptures in all of the Bible. In Matthew chapter 10, beginning with verse 34, how do you do this? Very hard. Matthew ten thirty four says this. Think not that I am come. This is Jesus speaking. If you have your Bible open, it's probably red letters. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I'm not come to send peace but a sword, which means that if you stand for what God teaches, what His Word and Jesus stands for, Verse 35, for I am come to set a man at variance against his father and daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. In Jesus' day, you can't, you can't, you don't, you know, it's kind of like he dealt with prostitutes. He says, I love you, go and sin no more. I'm, I'm not condemning you, you need to stop what you're doing, but go and sin no more. By not condemning her means to death. Because remember, they were picking up rocks to stone her. He did disapprove of the sin. And then it says in verse 37, He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that looseth his life for my sake shall find it. Which means this. That I have to love the Lord according to his word. And my, my wife and my kids know this. I have to her, have love him more than her. And him more than them. And everything else will fall into line. I have to beg and plead and pray earnestly 
that they live for Jesus and do everything I can to support them in that. To love the sinner as Jesus did, but not the sin. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Father, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for looking at this subject, just, just how to treat other people, especially, of course, our kids and our grandkids, and how that we can set examples to each other, how to stand for the truth of your word, that right is right and wrong is wrong, but do it with love, as you did in following your example. Father, we... Just give this to you. Help us all to follow you in your word. In Jesus' name, amen.